0: Welcome to College Soccer
1: Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petricelli and Old Miss head women's coach Matt Mott. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petricelli and Coach Mott.
2: November 22nd, 2021, this is College Soccer Nation. My name, of course, is Matt Mott. I'm here with Chris Petricelli from smu and we are going to do the second edition of bracket breakdown we'll bring in brian lee here in a minute chris uh back at smu you are
1: yes we are back at smu we we uh had a nice little uh trip to florida everything was great except for the 90 minutes of the game uh but it was certainly a good experience for our kids
2: yeah and i think um Many, many, many of people would say that uh, uh, during their time when they head to Tallahassee in the NCAA tournament. But uh, certainly a great season for you guys. Um, really impressive, and you know, really a bounce back year after the the you know disaster we'll call it that was COVID yeah. for SMU and what what a great job. So congratulations on a fantastic year and um, yeah. and very well deserved trip into the NCA tournament and and um, you know great Thank season. You. So. Yeah, I hate you. it's over, but I I do think you know, you know every everybody's upset uh, except one team at the end. One of the team, year,
1: right? You just know, one, one team's happy.
2: Yeah. yeah. So you might have played that team. Who knows? We'll see you in a couple of weeks. But sure. Um, listen, before we get going, I just want to go back and just you know I got um some questions about this this week from a couple different people, um, and uh, I I think it's important that we just. Um, clear up real quick, um, and I won't spend a long time on this, but how teams are decided, because what happens a lot of times with this 32 teams that host, um, people get caught up in the top 32 uh, RPI teams are going to host. And that's just not the case, right? It's not the case. What happens is the committee meets and we start putting teams into the into the tournament, right? So we have to get to 64 teams into the tournament, regardless of automatic qualifier or not. You know, the other question is who should be a higher seed um, if they're not actually seeded, right, for home team or away team or whatever. And a lot of times people defer to the RPI and say, well, wait a minute, if I'm playing this team and my RPI was 25 and their RPI was 31, I should be the home team in this game or I should host in this game. And that's and just not the way it, it goes. What happens is we um, – we, what we do is we put the teams in the tournament um, and, and the RPI is used to kind of get you, you know, starting to be discussed, but then you're discussed amongst other team around you. So you might be the 25th RPI team, but you may not go until the 35th spot, right. Or, or whatever the number. Is. So don't base the NCAA tournament off of just the RPI. So in other words, the, the other interesting thing is the only teams that are protected are the top 16. So the, in the, in the first round, the top 16 teams are not going to play each other. And then, you know, there's four number ones, four number twos, four number threes, and four number fours. Those are the only teams that are protected. So what's interesting, I think is let's just say Florida state. Well, Florida state was the number one overall seat, right? If for example, South Florida could drive to Florida state and they were number seventeen then Florida State possibly could get South Florida if there was no other way to do it with flights. Now, you want to protect the top seats as much as you can. But at the end of the day, we are handcuffed by the geography piece to the NCAA tournament. And so sometimes there's matchups that make no sense to anybody from a soccer standpoint. But because of the rules that are put in place, they have to play. So I think that we we do do a really good job, in my opinion. And we joke about this of getting the right 64, but we don't do a a, a great job of necessarily matchups because we are handcuffed on minimum amount of flights. So I mean, yeah, and, and
1: yes, it, it, it absolutely makes sense. I think there are there are things out there that are confusing um, a lot of people, right? Yes, RPI yeah. would be one, right? Yeah rankings would be another yes right yes. those yes. those come into play and then don't forget the you know the part about um, uh teams in the same conference not not playing each
2: oh right other. right right Yep, that's the other piece to it all
1: right first two rounds correct
2: yes but now now it is now it is this is something else to be to be known it's you cannot play anybody in the first round and the second round is do everything you can to not but yeah. it's not a definite so in other words, no. there I, and I, and I think as far as I know, since that rules come in place, they've been able to do it. But that one is not a definite, right? Um, this, the second round, they they discourage it and do everything they can in the bracket to to not allow that to happen. But that is not a a um, requirement. That is a try to.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you have some situations where, you know, some schools may have have some things going on or. or you know just decide not to host right Right, we've had that, right right we've had that come up
2: a long time absolutely that that came up a few times this year actually yeah so so i do think though but but what people have to understand is just because you're a number one seed doesn't mean you're not necessarily going to get the 17th team the 18th Correct. team the 19th team you know that that right. doesn't protect you the only right. thing that protects you from is the top 16
1: and then okay. the other um the other piece that, I, that maybe you should speak on is, you know, the whole uh, Georgetown situation this past weekend where they didn't play both of the games at Georgetown.
2: Right. Right. So they had a light issue, right? So Georgetown doesn't have lights um, this time of year in that area of the country um, is gets dark pretty early. And um, you had teams coming from the West, two teams coming from the West coast. So you know, the only solution to play at Georgetown was to play at like 11 o'clock. That means those teams from the West are playing at eight in the morning, their time, which we don't think is fair. So luckily George Mason stood, uh, stepped up and hosted um, one of the games. So Wisconsin and UC Irvine played at George Mason and then uh, Georgetown and, and Santa Clara was able to play at Georgetown. So I think going forward, there probably will be something in the in the rules about lights. I would think that is coming for that second weekend where you have to host four games or four teams and three games. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was a tricky one to get through for sure.
1: So uh, you know, I look at that uh, at that situation, and I think it, it it worked out right. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I don't think those two teams cared whether they played at George Mason or Georgetown. Like uh, that right. didn't really matter. What I what I hope happens uh, is the the NCAA does come up with some sort of statement about having lights. And people like Georgetown go, well, if we want to host, we need to put in some lights.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And and I'm not sure what their restrictions are. And and then some places may have some restrictions, but um, maybe it spurs and and helps some programs around the country.
2: Well, I think there's I think there's a number of things that's come out of this year that that I will bring forward. And I think it's important that people know you only get a four year term on this committee. My last, next year is my last year. And there's part of me that is uh, has been a fantastic experience, but I'm okay with last year, next year being my last year. Um, but I think one of the big things for me, uh, Chris, is the coverage. We have to do a better job with the coverage. Um, you know, one camera, no commentators, no banner, just have the time to score. No replay is to me unacceptable at this day and age. In yeah. 2022, you have to have more than one camera. You have to have the ability for replay. You have to have a commentator, at least one, but probably two, and you have to have replay. I mean, come on, you know yeah. some of these some of these productions were were just disappointing. They, yeah. I mean, I, and I, listen, I uh, you know I'm not big on calling people out, but Duke University is a number one seed that that production they put on for the Sanford St. John games was very disappointing. First 20 minutes, you couldn't see it because of the <laughs> shades and whatever that one camera, no time, no score, no ray. They did have a commentator, but I'm not sure he even knew what the, for the first two or three minutes, he had the teams wrong. Yeah. He had Sanford or St. John's where, I mean, it just was disappointing. So, um, yeah, you know, I love Robbie and, but and, and maybe the other part yeah. that was disappointing. As soon as Duke came on, here we go. Great coverage, Enough. right? And had everything. So, I yeah. don't think that's fair to those teams that are are, are doing that. So, I, I do think, um, hopefully, maybe we can put in some standards from a hosting standpoint. But lights and coverage, those things have to be. Um, it has to be better for our term. And again, it hurts us, right? Like, it hurts our it hurts our our uh, sport um, when you're talking about volleyball and softball and those things. And you tune in, and this kid scores an unbelievable goal, or yeah, there was a goal scored. That the goal that Sanford scored was a bomb and no replay. No replay. It's one time. It's yeah. just really it was disappointing. Anyway, all right. Well, let me, let me
1: say this just real quick to finish up on that and, and um, to draw something out of all of that that you just said. The one take I have from all of that is since next year will be your last year on the committee, it will be the last time we have to hear we got all the right teams in this year. We got all the right teams in this year. We'll be the last time that you say that, correct?
0: No,
2: I, I think I'll look at the bracket from years to come <laughs> and think if, if they got the right teams in or not. I feel like I, I will be able to determine that based on the teams that are in. No problem with that. But yes, it will be weak. Well, you know, I think it's kind of like your alumni. You know, once you've been on the committee, you're alumni. So you're, Alumni of the committee, okay. so you're going to pull for him. All right. Them.
1: Well, then that, that's good. That
2: means any complaints come right to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's bring in the big deal. Brian, are you out there somewhere in cyberspace? Can you join us? Brian Lee from Rice University, the Owls. Uh, he is joining College Soccer Nation, as he does every week at this time. Hi, Brian. <laughs> What's
0: up, guys? How are we doing? Hi, Brian. Good. This is the time,
2: again, of the, of the uh, segment. If you want to log off, there'll be no Power 5. There'll be no fancy guests. Just the three of us knuckleheads talking about college women's soccer.
1: Yep, yep. Hey Brian, what you uh, what'd you think of? Uh, did you catch any of the NWSL final? I mean, we 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 should we should uh, congratulate you know Washington on a just a really like a great turnaround and the way they they finished the season.
0: Well, it, the game kind of encapsulated the entire NWSL season a little bit of chaos. Um I thought the game was really, really physical. Um I thought the referee lost a little bit of control here or there, could have handled it a little better. Um and you know in the end, we're on we're on college soccer right now. We got a kid who could have been playing at Washington State, Yeah. Arguably the best player on the field whipping in the winning assist, Trinity Rodman. That, that's hard to imagine her playing in this tournament, right?
1: Yeah.
2: I, I It's funny say, I was going to ask you, Brian, uh, watching the game, who is the best player on the field? And I, I was hoping you would say that, Trinity Rodgers, because I could not, Trinity Rodman, I could not agree more. She was a handful,
0: to say the least. Well, how about, the most exciting part to me is, for once, one of our big prodigies seems like she prioritizes soccer and really likes it. She's not trying to be a personality. She's not trying to um, you know, extend her brand or find and she people. really could. She could yeah. sure. I mean, think about the Rodman, that just the name. She yeah. Uh, yeah. she's got a lot of things going for her, but she legitimately seems to like soccer, like enjoying playing. She's trying to get better every day. And that's super exciting for the future of, of US soccer. Where like, yeah, uh, where
2: are we with her with the national team?
0: I don't Has believe
2: been in at all.
1: In this next camp, I'm not quite sure if she's in that this next group going in. I'm not sure.
0: I'm not sure either. And you know, all of that stuff with their quirky contract stuff and in and out of camps and what you can Mm -hmm. and how long you have to, how long a trial you get, all that kind of stuff. Timing's got to be right for, but um, and then you know, post post game in the middle of the night, Rory resigning from Chicago's a Bit of a bombshell as well. After three straight finals.
1: Yeah, he's he's had, I mean, he's done really well, right? Over, uh, and he's he I, he was uh, the longest tenured uh, NWSL coach by a mile, and uh, he had he had great success over over his time in Chicago. And he just he kind of is Chicago. <laughs> you know, when you think about Chicago, that's that's who you think of. So yeah, that was that was. Um, Quite surprising. Um, And and we talked about this a little bit before we came on the air, but that's nine of the 10 coaches from the NWSL that are no longer with their teams that were with their teams at the start of the season. So between the start of the season and now, nine of the 10 have left their teams for obviously a number of different reasons. Um, Some they should have got rid of a long time before, and uh, you know, some were results based, and and uh, and and then all kinds of scandal
0: and, and all that kind of stuff that went on. Well, it's a fascinating time in the league because it does seem like it's got a nice foothold economically. You know, it it we seem to have that it's the most stable of our attempts to have a pro league, seemingly. But right now we might be getting undone by I don't even <laughs> know what the word is for it. Yeah or you know outside things off the field and off the ticket counter that you 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 didn't see happening with the other earlier leagues. So the survival now is a little more uh yeah stability in our day-to-day lives than it is financial.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the the big key for those franchises is to find coaches and leaders that are stable, you know, and 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 can provide a you know, a consistent message and, and a consistent attitude and, and consistent behavior, um, you know, throughout the the front office staff, uh, the coaching staff, and in the team.
0: Yeah, for pro soccer, just a, a higher level of professionalism.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, verbalizing. Yeah. You know. All right, Matt, you want to go through these games? Yeah, let's do
2: a little bracket breakdown. Let's do a little bracket breakdown, and we'll go through um, – you know We're going to go back through the games that we haven't talked about yet, so the second round games, and then kind of talk into the Sweet Six teams that game that then went into the uh, who's going into lead eight from that bracket. Yep. So we'll start at the top. Uh, we touched on it just briefly, but Florida State 5, SMU 1, um, and then Pepperdine 3, NC State 0. There was someone on this podcast last week that talked about Pepperdine, and he, he's the guy that's a little heavier set than everybody else but mentioned are they uh, still playing? Looked pretty, pretty good against NC State. Someone else are they against sta- State. Are they still playing? Somebody else picked NC State, the gray haired guy on the on the well show.
1: The, the one thing the one thing I would say is uh the way that this has gone for me over the last two years if I pick somebody just pick the other team. That, that's the best <laughs> way <to do> it.
0: <laughs> But I will
1: let I, I did see obviously see saw both of those games. Um, was involved in the first one first, um, you know, in our game with with Florida State, um, I thought we played really well, and you see the difference in the score line, right? Because Florida State played really well, and um, we we couldn't control them, we couldn't stop them. They they just had they had too much. They just had too much, and you know the quality of the goals were really good. Uh, it didn't help that you know committed a foul at the top of the box you know, on the first one and passed them the ball. I think it was on the third one. Um, you know, you can't make those kind of mistakes against them. But I don't even know that that would have, that would have mattered. Uh, the quality of their goals were, were so good. And they played, they played very well. And um, I was quite impressed with them. And, and as we all knew, they're, they're a very, very
2: good team. What about the NC State Pepperdine game, Chris? Uh,
1: Pepperdine started a million miles an hour um and could have been up three or four nil five minutes into the game Um, Wow! they really had a number of chances early and then they sat back in a little bit they got one they sat back in a little bit I thought they they tired some um but I think their overall quality came through um and they were they were three nil up with I don't know 20 minutes left or or something like that. And, uh, NC state was missing a couple of players. Um, one in particular, I think, a, a German kid who's one of their better players who was back playing in Germany and, um, NC state probably was not, you know, as good as they were, you know, th- throughout the season.
2: And then you had, uh, last night, or sorry, yesterday afternoon, Florida state won Pepperdine zero. So Florida state moves on to the elite eight. Um, that game looked to me like Pen, uh, Pepperdine really couldn't create a ton of chances. Florida State scored a really early goal, had a couple other chances early, um, and then just kind of locked them down and, and couldn't find the second one, but also didn't really give Pepperdine much of a look.
1: No, I, I think the story of that game was, was the defending piece from, from Florida State. Uh, again, the, the Friday-Sunday piece probably took its toll on, on both teams. Yeah. Um, you know, the the quality of the play was not as good as it was on on Friday. Um, and and I don't know the Florida State was as smooth and as much in rhythm as, as we've seen them. Um, but they did lock Pepperdine down and not give not give chances.
0: Any thoughts on that top bracket, Brian? I think it was really indicative of the what what the whole weekend looked like. Teams flying on the first night and some dead legs. For the second games so those those uh second games on the short weekend you see a bunch of close games that maybe weren't close matchups or any closer than the ones earlier in the week and you saw a lot of heavy score lines in the round of 32 that you didn't see in the round of 16 but you flip fsmu plays fsu second it's a one nil game for me and if pepperdine plays fsu on the first night fsu probably scores five it's yeah atro of playing two games in a short turnaround period.
1: Can you take that to the committee, Matt? The Friday-Sunday is,
2: is ridiculous. I agree. No, I it's, know it's, it's being discussed, so hopefully we can make some movement, because it is, it's ridiculous. Well,
0: it's probably right. the biggest takeaway. We don't do it anymore. <coughs> right. doesn't do it, and all of a sudden you're doing it in the most important games of the year. That's yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Crazy. All
2: right. Tennessee 2, Washington State 0. I watched A lot of that game is really a fascinating game. And Tennessee had them locked in um, and were kind of bombing away at them, couldn't score. Then Washington State breaks out, gets a kid in behind, you know, from like 40 yards of pure breakaway. And the keeper makes a good save. Then almost right after that, they get another really, really good chance to go up one nothing for Washington State. And then Tennessee scores. And then they score again. It's two nothing at halftime. And to be honest, the score is flattering to Washington State. I thought Tennessee really manhandled them. Outside of a couple – like, that's Washington State, right? They are really can – they can be very, very dangerous. But overall, the 90 minutes, Tennessee was the better side. Anybody else watch that one?
1: I was – I had a game at that time. Oh,
2: oh, excuse me. (laughs) Oh, Brian. I guess the rest of these will just be you and I (laughs) because we weren't playing. Big surprise. Uh, Wake Forest, Michigan, Wake, uh, Michigan to Wake Forest zero And a stat line that favored Wake Forest and Wake Forest was on them early. But again, Michigan, some some real quality and
0: and, and found the two goals to move them up. You talked Red, before, uh, earlier in the year about Rutgers being the team you didn't know. For me now, it's, it's fun to Michigan. Did you watch them in moments? They're brilliant. And then the moments they're pinned in by kind of middle of the pack teams like Wake Forest. Not that Wake Forest isn't good, but Wake Forest is a second-round team. And, you know, large parts of that game, they've got them pinned in. Um, Yeah. So, you know, they're a super interesting team, you know, coming out of this bracket. So then they go yesterday to Michigan, three, Tennessee, zero. It looked
2: like a miserable, miserable weather. There in uh, Ann Arbor, raining and cold as it could be, and and uh, and Michigan just kind of took Tennessee apart. I thought they get, I watched a big part of it. I thought Michigan was very good, scored some good goals, and Tennessee could just not get going. Um, and and so uh, Tennessee's season ends on a great season, and Michigan moves on now to play Florida State uh, down in Tallahassee in the uh, the chance to get to the Final Four. Any thoughts on Florida State, Michigan?
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I actually went back and looked at Michigan just like their results and their roster and, and things like that this morning. Um, they got some sh- some really kind of shaky results throughout throughout the season, you know, surprising results throughout the season. Um, and, and there hasn't been consistency. Right? There, there hasn't been consistency with them. Um, and I look at their roster, and they do have some very good players. I mean, they have – you know, you look at it, and they've got six or seven really, really talented players that could play anywhere. The problem is Florida State's got 15 of those. You know, and and uh, I, I don't know – I haven't seen when the game is, but if we know Mark, he's going to put the game in the middle of the afternoon. And, uh, you know, it's still warm in, in Florida this time of year. Um, and Michigan going down there in, in warm weather against all of those uh, good players, I, I, just, I just don't see it happening for them. I, I just don't see Michigan being able to, to upset Florida State in that one.
2: Well, I think, you know, you, you know we talked about this, and, and I was going to talk about this about South Carolina here in a minute. But, you know, you know, you look like you're saying, Chris, about they have some strange results, but they're peaking at the right time right they're they're rolling they rolled through their conference tournament now they've rolled through the ncaa tournament so you know you could certainly argue that they've got it rolling right now at the perfect right time so um i think it's gonna be a a good game down there both teams try and play and but you're right uh, to me florida state probably has too much all right let's keep this rolling or we're gonna be on every two hours all right arkansas three virginia tech zero um I thought that'd be a little closer of a game, to be honest. But watching the game, Arkansas was Arkansas, and Virginia Tech had no answers to them.
0: No, you wanted Virginia Tech was a little mini me on Arkansas, and they were not. They all weekend long a super motivated Arkansas team with all those super seniors (laughs) flying around. And you know, if anything, the two score lines were unkind to Arkansas. I thought for the course of the weekend. Yeah.
2: Then you had Notre Dame-Purdue going to overtime and then into penalties. Interesting PK shootout. Notre Dame went down. I think the first two they missed maybe and came back and won it. But well, that game didn't have a lot in it. I think Notre Dame should have probably won it in regulation but didn't. And then and got them in penalties. Then last night, late last night, Arkansas 3, Notre Dame 2, and a good game. A, a good game. Again, same thing. Arkansas probably had – when when the stats come out, they'll have a higher XG. They'll have more chances. They were able to score. the The game winner was was just fantastic, um, great strike uh, from from uh, Malam and and, uh, and pushed them through. And um, you know, Notre Dame good season, but just probably not
0: enough. Anything yeah. else on that one? one the most inter, one of the most entertaining games of the tournament, I thought for sure. The perfect team perfect foil to Arkansas, Notre Dame. Not nearly as athletic, not nearly as fast and strong but they could connect a couple passes and get out of Arkansas's pressure. And when they did, they were in. And that game yeah. could have been 6-5. And then the assault on the box from Arkansas from every set piece and the whipped-in corners and, and so many numbers. And they're, they're so athletic, they don't send Parker Goins in on all their uh, – <laughs> she's yeah. like shaped in the top of the box because they got other kids. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's amazing.
1: The, yeah, uh, the you you talked, Brian – uh, I think you talked, Brian, about the buy-ins from Arkansas, right? Um, the way that they play and the way the kids buy in.
0: Oh, it's unbelievable. You know, and such an interesting to me, they look like North Carolina 10 years ago. Yeah. And North Carolina kind of stopped playing and got in line with everybody else. And uh, how's that going right now? <laughs> uh, you know, and Arkansas just, they're, they're, they're Carolina 10 years ago. Big, tall, fast, pump it mm-hmm. in your ass and fight, fight, fight. And it, it's it's awesome.
1: I can see now rice being built in the model of Arkansas. <laughs> no, oh, that's
0: that. it's yeah. The it's it's not that we'll be built in the model of de, Notre Dame. Pass <laughs> play on the break a little like and, that if we're ever gonna play Arkansas. Yeah. And just for the record, Chris, that was <laughs> me who said the buy-in last
2: night. That was not
0: oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry, but Matt. you notice know <laughs>
2: Brian <laughs> took credit
0: for it. Give credit where credit's due. Yeah, blah, 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 credit. blah, blah, blah. All right, you yeah, know, let's keep going. We, got, we, got, hey, we You know got what? the subtitle of this podcast could be. It's the Todd Yelton appreciation and the Matt self-shout-out podcast.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Who said Pepperdine was going shout out? They she shout
2: All right, let's go. TCU 3, Princeton 2 in an amazing game that was. Uh, I know Chris was playing, so he didn't get to watch any of it, but Princeton had the lead for a long time. Then TCU tied it up with about 20 minutes ago in the second half. Then almost Within two minutes, Princeton scores again, and it goes up 2-1, and then TCU, you know, is is on them late and on them, and you're thinking this just may be one of those nights it doesn't happen for TCU, but then a great goal, really a great setup, great goal to go 2-2 um, and then into overtime, and in overtime, those Princeton's kids just couldn't handle the athleticism of TCU, and they get a third one, Messiah Bryant. Bryant? How do you say her last name? Right. Bright? Right. Right. I'm saying right. I'm right. Uh, all three goals. And she's just such a handful. Rutgers uh, kind of pulls apart St. Louis for nothing. I did not see any of that game. Um, did you, Brian, or no?
0: I did. I did. And Rutgers okay. looked good, but St. Louis, literally two of the goals, they fell over themselves. Mm-hmm. In and in the back line, they literally fell over themselves. And yeah, for a, a simple little slip in. So it wasn't St. Louis's best night, but Rutgers certainly looked good.
2: And then uh, TCU Rutgers one one and again TCU's down the whole game scores with three minutes left I think to tie it overtime in the penalties and I got to tell you guys this was a great penalty kick shootout these guys took their penalties really really well and the only ones that took them better was USC and uh, and Penn State but these were really good penalties um, and and then and then TCU well. Like we said, the first four or five were really good, right? Yeah, yeah, struggle. yeah, yeah. I was wondering where you were going with yeah. that. Yeah, the, the first, first four kind of were good. Yeah, yes. then they fell off a little bit. But um, Rutgers advances now to play Arkansas. And to me, one of the most interesting, I think maybe closest final eight games we have because who knows? Who knows? Is Rutgers good enough to, to defend them and, and be able to attack the way they have? And is Arkansas-style going to disrupt Rutgers enough to to find their way to the final four. I think it's a, I don't know. What do you guys think about that one? Arkansas Rutgers.
0: I think it's a a big note in uh, Rutgers favor to be at home in that, but uh, the, the best thing for me not to shout out the committee is it's two teams that had great regular seasons. They got rewarded by good brackets. So now here they are with a chance, you know, which would be a monumental final four for either of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting it's an interesting game. I, I think that's um, you know Rutgers they went up one nil and basically sat in the rest of the game and, and tried to protect that lead. They almost got there, you know, until Cameron Lancaster's had you know just a great season here.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, got got the, uh, the goal to tie it. Um, so we didn't get to see a lot of um, what Rutgers can do going forward, but there were flashes for sure. Uh, Amir Ali is uh, just a handful, and, and the Tierning kid, who's a, a freshman, is, is a really good player. Um, but they're a team, I think, that plays on the break and, um, and sits and defends, and defends really well. They are definitely organized. I don't think Arkansas breaks them down, and I think Rutgers gets some chances on the break. The question is, can Rutgers handle the aerial onslaught that Brian talked about?
2: All right, let's keep moving on to the bottom bracket. You had uh, Virginia 2, Milwaukee 0, BYU 4, Alabama 1. I got to tell you, and I'm, I'm not being an SEC homer, Alabama had some legitimate chances in that game while it was still close um, and just missed. I mean, just missed goals that you think they could score. So to me, when I, when I thought, okay, here we go, Virginia, BYU, Virginia's going to roll them. Well, it's going to be like 4-2. Right, Virginia's going to score a ton BYU won't um, won't be able to stop them but BYU will get their goals and again I think maybe a little bit of Sunday or second game of the weekend I guess it was Saturday night might have played a part in this but um to me the upset of the upset of the deal is is that Virginia's out in the round of 16 who I think was one of the favorites and BYU is moving on to now play at home which will be a really hard test coming forward but Discussions on that BYU Alabama, Virginia two, Milwaukee zero, and then BYU with a huge upset, even though
0: they're seated over Virginia 10. I think the big upset to me was it was deserved. I thought BYU was yeah. the best game over the 90 yeah. minutes. You know, it wasn't a 80 20 game to happen to get a goal and hang on. You know, right. smash and grab. Yeah. It, yeah. They were the More likely, they had two good chances, middle of the second half, to make it 2-0 or even 3-0 had they finished them both. But I thought it was really clinical. BYU is such an enigmatic team to me because it's like you said, with the Alabama game, they're giving up chances to Alabama. And that is not any slant on on Alabama, but they might might make the Final Four. And Final Four teams aren't giving up those kind of chances against Alabama in the second half. But um, just, you know, so they do get to play at home next And that is a really hard place to play, but I thought very deserved win over Virginia, which obviously is impressive.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I've shouted about Virginia for a long time and I thought they were one of the best teams in the tournament. This, this tournament keeps breaking better and better for Florida state as, as the, as the weeks go on. But, um, BYU and, and the overall, uh, Strength of the WCC uh, came through. Yeah. You know uh, that obviously was a good conference, and and BYU was a very very strong team, and they showed. Uh, you know I, they, they're always a team that can score. They are always a team that can score. Um, they always have you know some guys up front that are dangerous, and they have a number of them. Um, the question, I think, is is what you know, like Brian is saying. Um, you know, are they going to be able to keep teams out? And, and they did against Virginia, which is what, you know, one of the best goal-scoring goal teams in the country. Um, and then, yes, that home field advantage at BYU, um, I picked BYU at home against anybody. Yeah. So uh, I like their chances.
2: So moving on up, the most interesting maybe bracket of the year. Let's get on the time machine, Brian, and let's go back to last Monday. These four teams, Penn State, Southern Cal, South Carolina, Hofstra. What rank them in order of what team you think would have come out of the
0: USC bracket before this bracket started? Yeah. For me, I would have said Southern Cal Penn state, probably Hofstra by a hair over South Carolina. Yeah. And, and And who's coming out and who's coming out. Gamecocks
2: again. I talked about it earlier. Like it's important when teams peak and clearly South Carolina's peaking. So Penn state Southern Cal, like Chris talked about, a uh, really good game uh, w- earlier. One of the games he was watching. This this for me was, I maybe it was Brian said it. Up and back, and and uh, Penn State went up two one. It was holding on. South Carolina scored a great. Or sorry, Southern Cal scored a great goal late to tie it. Into overtime, and Southern Cal had two or three really really good chances. Couldn't finish it. And then Penn State's penalties were unbelievable. Five just perfectly placed. No chance for the keeper and south uh, geez, southern cal southern cal missed their first one um, and then and then scored their next four but wasn't enough south carolina kind of made easy easy work of Hofstra, which i think was a surprise to all of us and then yesterday south carolina 2-0 over penn state again which i think most of us saw but i wonder how much of that southern cal game took a toll on penn state and here we are on friday sunday again Had so to. yeah yeah southern see i can't talk South Carolina BYU is the elite eight game at BYU will be a, uh, a really, really, really interesting game. I think
0: coming up this Saturday. Well, yeah. And what do you think is going to happen? Talk about two opposite teams. You got the all back of BYU conservative South Carolina numbers behind the ball, good at defending their box. First goal is going to be huge in that game. If BYU gets it, I could see them running South Carolina out if South Carolina's got to chase the game at all. But if South Carolina gets up one nil, oh boy. Look out. Yeah, wow. on the one nil
1: champions.
2: Yeah. All right. And then the last bracket, our last two brackets of the weekend, you had Wisconsin three, UC run zero. We talked about that one was at George Mason in the Georgetown bracket. Then Santa Clara with an overtime win over Georgetown two one. And then Santa Clara had a really fascinating game, beat Wisconsin 2-1. Brian, I know you watched
0: a lot of that. Go ahead and comment if you'd like Uh, You know, it looked like the hardest bracket when it started. You know, we're all cheering for Robbie is our buddy at Duke. And things seemed like things had opened up for him. But Santa Clara is starting to look a lot like last year's Santa Clara. Oh, yeah. Um, so... It, it, that's that's the quarterfinal for me that I'm anxious to to watch and see what happens because we could be looking at two WCC teams in the in the final four and no no Pac-12 teams in the Sweet Sixteen. Talk about West Coast dominance. I think yeah. a little bit wild.
2: Uh, I did watch a little bit of West Coast history around just Wisconsin outclassed them um, and then Santa Clara Georgetown was a, i was telling you as I was watching it. Really, really good game. Two very good teams, and again, I agree. Santa Clara is starting to hit stride a little bit. Um, and then, uh, and then Santa Clara, with a man down, came back in uh, and came back and won. Well, they were one. They're up one nothing. Went one one, and then they got a man, they got a red card, and then found the uh, found the winner. So, congratulations. Thirty minutes of a
0: red card as well. Yeah, yeah. thirty minutes. Yeah.
1: The so, um congrats. the the, the, the <laughs> Tournament hardened Santa Clara, right? I mean, the experience that they went through last year um, is really is really helping them right now. And and you look at a lot of these teams that are that are still playing, they haven't been there before, mm-hmm. right? They, they haven't been there before, but Santa Clara has, and uh, I I think it's it makes a difference to have that kind of
2: experience. So do you guys think? Well, here, let's get to this, and I'll ask my question. And then the last bracket um, in a thrilling, uh, heartbreaking match. St. John's 2, Sanford 2. St. John's beats our buddy, the picker, in penalties uh, to move on. At the top bracket, Duke 1, Memphis 0. Very good game. Memphis gave Duke plenty of of, uh, work to do. And then uh, I think he had a tired St. John's. Against the very motivated Duke, seven-one to get to the lead eight. So yeah, uh, that's a big uh, Duke number. Ca- yeah, Duke kind of took care of him there last night. Um, okay, so um, any thoughts on this bracket?
1: I mean, Santa Clara, Duke is a fantastic game. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great game for me. That's the you know. The best game of uh, of the games that are out there, and I look at the final eight teams, and I think, okay, who can beat Florida State? You know, we originally, way back, we talked about four teams from the ACC and all this kind of stuff, and you know that didn't play out, and the Pac-12 didn't, you know, isn't anywhere, and the Big Twelve's gone. And um, so I look at this and I go, who is capable of beating Florida State in this group? And I think Santa Clara has shown that they are capable. And remember, Duke beat Florida State during the year. It was, a, a you know, Florida State missing some players. But those are the only two that I see that, that could beat Florida State of the remaining
0: eight. I, I couldn't agree anymore. And they're playing each other. It's so only one of them is going to be yeah. four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no and, love for BYU. It, I mean, I think you look at no.
2: BYU, BYU beat Santa Clara earlier <clears throat> on.
0: No, early no, so beat, no
2: Santa Clara beat BYU. Santa Clara beat BYU. They, they beat BYU. played twice,
1: I believe, in in a been. Oh, did they? Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, early right. on, I think BYU might have won, but um, no, I don't. I don't see BYU. No, I don't see them having a a chance against Florida State. If it was at BYU, yeah, maybe, but uh, not at a at a neutral site in a you know in a, a college cup where again the Santa the Florida State kids are just so experienced and they've been there. And remember they lost last year, right? They lost in the final and there's no more motivated team than the team that got beat in the final the year before. Right, and, and so I don't see it from, from anybody else. I do think Santa Clara has the quality and I, think, I do think Duke has the quality.
0: Yeah, I agree so, with that entirely. Florida State's got this awesome combination of, of incredible individual talent and kids who love soccer and continue to get better when they're there. I think it's a little bit overrated when we look at them as players versus some of these other teams, the players they bring in it because of the development piece. I mean, so many of Florida State's kids were not, weren't weren't all Americans, and they weren't high-level recruits when they got to Tallahassee. And we all look at them now like, oh, she's the greatest, oh, top 10 pick, top 20 pick, but that's not what they were coming out of high school. So, the, you know, there's a lot of development going on there. Um but I think they're too pragmatic for the BYUs, the Arkansas, the Rutgers, to catch them on the break. I, I just don't think that's happening against them. But I do think Duke and Santa Clara totally agree. They could beat them.
2: All right, Chris, uh, two questions for you. Number, or well, for both of you, but two questions. Did Santa Clara go back to California? Or did they stay yeah. and just go over to Duke? And did South Carolina go back to, to uh to Carolina, or did they stay and, and go to BYU? Any idea? Like when you when you, did you ever have that situation where Thanksgiving break and you just stayed? Are you if you had to go cross country again, you just stayed wherever you were? Because I know a few years ago Washington State did that. They played at Carolina, and then their quarterfinal was at South Carolina. They just stayed um, on the East Coast. Any thoughts to that, or any um? um
1: so. Uh, Santa Clara was at where did they play?
2: George Georgetown.
1: Um, I think they probably go home. I, I think they probably go home. But I, I could, you could make an argument for them staying for sure, especially you know this week, you yeah, know no classes, class. yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, what was the
2: other one? South Carolina was out at uh, LA, and they're going to BYU.
1: Yeah, that's the same, the same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, you know, these days with the charters and and all of that, I, uh, you know, they, those guys probably home Sunday night. So uh, I would think that they went home, but I, you, could, you certainly could make an argument of it. It's, it's a hard choice as a coach, isn't it? Yes. Right? I mean, you know, you go, okay, well, less travel is better for us, for sure. Mm-hmm. But is a whole week or now a week and a half on the road, is that a good thing?
0: that's a that's yeah. a tough well the BYU trips got altitude <laughs> in the mix as well so yeah know, probably getting out there a week early would be quite handy for yeah. South Carolina
1: yeah you do have you do have altitude right I mean altitude is an issue
0: yeah
2: yeah all right um let's pick them boys let's pick the final four all right let's pick the final four uh let's go for it well Florida State, Michigan. Anybody have Michigan? Not me. I'll take Florida State. All right. Let's go with Arkansas, Rutgers. Chris, your pick.
0: I'm going to go Arkansas.
2: Ooh. Brian?
0: Home field advantage is too much. I'll take Rutgers. I'm
2: going to take Arkansas. I I think Rutgers hasn't seen anything like this. <laughs> coming to town. Uh, and and uh, five five really good super seniors that are gonna get this team to the next step, I think. All right, South Carolina BYU at BYU.
0: BYU. BYU.
2: it pains me to do it, but I am gonna take BYU as well. Just if it's not like, like you said, if it's not a BYU, probably a closer game. But God, it's it's gonna be every you know, if if BYU smart. Right now they're figuring out a way to put in more bleachers to sell more tickets. Cause that place is going to be crazy. All right. Uh, and then Duke Santa Clara at, at Duke.
1: Uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> that, that one's really hard. Uh, I guess I'll take uh, Duke at home. I guess. But that's a for me, that's a
0: 50-50. I'll take Duke. Uh, I, I do think travel is a big part of this. We're getting toward the tail end of the tournament, and there's a lot of heavy travel for the white teams in this set of games. I'm I'm gonna take Duke.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 all in on Duke. I think Duke's got enough quality. I think. You know Santa Clara. It's hard to pick against them, but I'll yeah. Take it. Yeah. All right. Well, we will reconvene next Monday. Uh, anything else? Any other topics we want to discuss? Yeah. We'll what's everybody to... doing for
0: Thanksgiving? Oh. Brian. Uh Thanksgiving morning. I'm flying out with my daughter to Minnesota for an indoor tennis tournament. Good thing it's indoor. It is indoor, <laughs> yes. We're going to be bundled up to get, get from the airport to the hotel, and hopefully that's the last time we'll be outside or close to yeah. it. Yeah,
2: uh, I am uh, staying in Oxford. <laughs> I have my father-in-law and my sister-in-law and their kids coming. I'm excited to... Uh, we got a honey bake can coming, Chris. I'm looking forward oh, to it. Oh, that's that. nice. Yeah. We're going to, of course, cook a turkey. Of course. Um, and... Um,
1: Giddy up. Giddy Let's up.
2: go. Regular Thanksgiving
1: dinner. All right. We are uh, heading to New Orleans. Oh. All the kids are meeting in New Orleans. Uh, Very fun. With Zach and Gabby. The Saints play Thursday night. So when you turn on the Saints game Thursday night, see if you can find me as one of 80,000 people in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> we usually say... Right behind, uh, right behind in the end zone. So maybe that'll help a little bit. Okay. Um,
2: yeah.
1: What? But uh, yeah, maybe, you know, the white hair sticks out too. So maybe, maybe you'll have a chance. Um, Time timeout. But yeah.
0: Why don't out. you
2: wear a college soccer, get a college soccer nation sign. <laughs> hey, send it up like a big sign. Get Andrew to hold it. Andrew to hold it. Take it Tune in collegesoccernation.com. Let's go, Chris. Come on. <laughs> Get yourself on all right. We'll
1: work on that. We'll, we'll work on yeah, that. But it. anyway, yeah, we're going to be there. And actually Thanksgiving dinner will be uh, Thursday, uh, Friday, because obviously, you know, Zach's gone all day, all day Thursday. So That's a good time. That should be
0: fun. Yep. Saints games yep. are a blast. Yeah. All right. Awesome. boys. Hey, boys. Well,
2: good, good, uh, good show. Enjoyed it. Uh, We will be back next Monday to break down uh, the Elite Eight games and then, uh, Look forward to a preview of, of the, uh, the Final Four. I do think um, I'll throw this out there and then we'll discuss it next week more. But if, if uh, BYU does win, does get interesting with them not playing on Sundays and when that final is going to be if they make it to the final. So what the schedule will be will be interesting. But um, anyway, uh, good luck, fellas, um, on your Thanksgiving travel. <laughs> and we will catch you back up next week. College Soccer Nation is out.
1: If you have questions for Coach Petricelli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetricelli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell
0: a friend.